I'm Aaron. This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. So, guys, you know, because you are my funny book friends, um, because I, I I like to live openly amongst uh, our listeners, I just want to share a bit of news. Um, my wife and I have, uh, after 20, almost 23 years, uh, have called an end to things. Um, there was a betrayal. I, I cannot... I cannot uh, suffer it. Um, I ordered in donuts this morning and she ate my uh, chocolate cake, chocolate donut. Um, Oh, my. She said she didn't know that it was for me. Oh, my. I said after nearly 23 years of marriage, how could you not know? learn me? I said, pack your shit and get the fuck out. Yeah, I don't think therapy is going to help with that. That's, no, it's not. Uh, yeah. It's not. Uh-huh. I mean, that is an it is, unforgivable it, betrayal. It is the end of trust. It is, is what it I can. I can only imagine her response to that. <laughs> I'm sure she was very apologetic. Okay. No, um, not apologetic at all. Not apologetic yeah. at all. Wow. <laughs> no. Not even a little bit. No regrets. Yeah. No regrets. <laughs> well, Aaron, uh, certainly. Uh, uh, we're here for you in your time of need. Uh, I mean, that's just. I've already just, updated I, my Tinder profile. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with in Tinder, less, huh? Last yeah. 15 minutes. Straight well, and Grinder. I like to. I like to keep my options open. <laughs> that's, that's what I was thinking there. Okay, good, good. You got to, you know, it's just a numbers game, right? If you cut that's off right. half the population, roughly. That's right. You got to throw a wide net, Andrew. Uh, I'm, I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, and, you catch know, all the fish in the sea without a wide net. That's right. Saying. That's right. Well, I, uh, what did the dogs say? Who gets the dogs? Well, she can keep Flip. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Flip Uh, who's woken me up at 3 a.m. the last few mornings. Flip's who's having some intestinal issues, I believe. That's correct. That's correct. Maybe he ate the donut. No, I watched her eat the donut (laughs) in front of my face. (laughs) Real quick question. Uh, uh, uh. Did you say anything before she was done eating it? Well, I didn't realize that, you know, she she had my donut until, you know, she made a comment about how good this <laughs> chocolate cake donut is. <laughs> and I'm like, it, you're you're eating one of the chocolate cake donuts? And she's like, well, yeah. And I'm like, um, those aren't for you. <laughs> Wait, were there, was there more than one? Well, there's two. And uh, they were both for you. Yeah. But I, so you, I, you got, got one. I got I got her, you know, a lemon filled and a blueberry. And, uh, you know, those are the things that she usually has. She so she she steered out of her lane is what I'm saying. What you're saying is that there you had two chocolate cake donuts. She ate one. You ate one. And you're unhappy. You did not. Get- I, they, they were my donuts. I'm starting to feel a little more Team Suzanne coming out in me here. Hold huh. on a second. Well, here it is. Here it is. <laughs> Choosing sides already. This is those before those, Andrew. <laughs> you <laughs> still <laughs> got a cake. You got a donut. Wow, it looks like Aaron. there was one. So this morning, <laughs> there's you've only had one. Two, you've had two betrayals. That's right. That's right. The betrayals just keep coming. It's almost overwhelming, really. I mean, it's almost like a greed issue at this point. You you already get one. Learn him, Andrew. (laughs) Oh, man. Uh, Well, this has been quite the roller coaster already. I'm I'm invested emotionally right now. This is better than than a Max TV series. (laughs) Well, then, then, Paul, what, what team are you picking? Oh, Team Aaron all the way. That's right. That's right. Yep, got it. That that dude has my home address. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to point out, Suzanne's not going to go to the Depaco store for you, buddy. Just saying. I mean, I mean, he's not going to hook you up with the pipe weed. She's not going to do it. (laughs) I I hear you say that, but do you think if I asked her, do you think she'd say no? I don't know. I don't know. I think she probably would say yes. (laughs) This is the woman who messaged me specially to let me know about the the arrangement of the snickerdoodle so that Paul did not lead me astray. You know, I am going to. I'm going to. I I feel like I'm going to come home at some point and find you wearing my smoking jacket, (laughs) reading my comic books, (laughs) drinking my scotch. I always thought it was going to be Paul and I that were going to be mortal enemies, but apparently it's Andrew and I. 
I would never read your comics without uh-huh. your express permission. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, because they're digital, Aaron. They're in comics. <laughs> I'm gonna need a face ID or a thumbprint or something, buddy. I need your passcode. Uh, hey, Aaron, let me, t- let me take a picture of you real quick. <laughs> yeah. No reason. Of your face. Super high def. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I. You're, you mentioned a Max show, uh, Paul. I watched something last night on Max that was terribly disturbing. Uh, oh. Have you guys seen uh, Scavenger's Reign? I have no, never, heard, never of heard of Scavenger's it is Reign. Yeah. A, it is a new animated series on Max. Uh, it looks oh. very anime, but it's a, it is an American-made uh, series. And it's science fiction. Uh, it is – I mean, it is – it's not uh, uh, body horror, but it feels like body horror. Yeah. Uh, very alien, weird body stuff going on. It is just super creepy, super creepy. Uh, I watched three episodes of it last night, and I'm like, man, I hope I don't have nightmares about this. I mean, it was <laughs> it was truly unsettling. Uh, just very alien. I mean, it's in the same sort of vein as the alien movies but not nearly as dark. In fact, it's got kind of that Studio Ghibli. I know I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. Uh, has that sort of look to it, but, you know, like, it's fantastical. It's awesome. And it's terrible. Terrible things are happening to people. I mean, it is just, I really recommend it. It was uh, super intense. Uh, well, I look- don't have Max anymore. It was the oh. first one I dropped. Ah, ah. Well. No, I'm, I've held on to it because they absorbed Discovery+. Plus. So we watched, you know, with the Discovery Plus shows and the Mac shows, and I think they absorbed something else, maybe AMC, something mm. like that. Um, CNN, TCM, but TCM? they already had TCM. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I, mean, that, I gotta yeah, tell you, that's the interest. main re- that's the main reason I've got Max is it's got Turner Classic Movies on it. Yeah. And that, well, and I mean they do good. get some good stuff. I mean they they have they have the Justice League War World movie that I never saw. I'm glad I didn't pay twenty dollars for that because I'm sure it's terrible. But I'm gonna. It's watch actually it. pretty good. I liked it. Oh, was it? Okay. I liked War World. I, I I bought it on disc and uh, then immediately was like, fuck, there it is on Max. But uh, it's actually pretty good. I like it. Well, this this is actually a good conversation to talk about the next item on our agenda. Um, How we're kicking that, Andrew off the show because of his twisted loyalties. I yes, do not see exactly. that. I do not see that here on Paul's uh, outline. I, 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 point of order, sir. Point of order. It's called well, a surprise um, topic, Andrew. That's right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> when do we actually stick to the agenda anyway? Um, you know, this upcoming, well, yeah, this upcoming year, 2024, will be a very good year for Zorro, the character Zorro, because there will be a new show on Amazon Prime Video. In the oh, first really? half of 2024, oh, the, wow. the first trailer's out and it looks pretty solid. I can't I actually. Can't I haven't seen it. Yeah, it, look, it looks pretty good. Huh. Um, that is it. Is it still uh, period? Is it you know? In yeah, the, it's still in period, the, and it's mm-hmm. yeah, it's still period. Um, they they describe it. I know that there's a, a comic coming out as well. Well, and I wanted to get to that. The, um, it's still period. It is also you know in Spanish with subtitles, but I have no problem with that. Um, but in addition to that, the Sean Gordon Murphy, the artist and writer of those Batman White Knight shows, or yeah. excuse me, comic books, is doing a Zorro series called Zorro City of the Dead. Oh, wow. Uh, which he describes as Zorro meets Narcos, which is an interesting huh. characterization. Yeah. Um, but it's currently right now, uh, as of this recording, near the end of its Kickstarter. It is more than oh. funded. Is it is it Dynamite um, doing a Kickstarter or is this independent of Dynamite? I think it's independent of Dynamite because I don't is think Dynamite that? has the Zorro rights anymore. Oh, OK. Did not know that either. Not that I've seen a Zorro uh, comic in forever. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But yeah, it's Sean Gordon Murphy's um, Zorro Man of the Dead, excuse me, Man mm. of the Dead um, Kickstarter. And, you know, they, they also have digital. So it's a four part series, but it's also going to be collected as a graphic novel. Um, they have digital and print, um, you know, uh, what do you call them? Rewards, I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the Kickstarter, and so, and it's it's written and drawn by Sean Gordon Murphy. That's great. So I'm I'm pretty psyched about it. So I I went ahead and contributed to it at the I did the hardcover graphic novel level, which seems odd to me because you know I don't really buy print comics anymore. Right. But you know it included the digital edition as well. Um. Plus it it was signed by Sean Gordon Murphy. 
cool. So I was I was like, okay, that that, that seems worth it. And where else might so, people know of his work? Sean Gordon Murphy, besides Batman uh, White Knight. Yeah, correct. Hmm. He also did he did some stuff for with um Mark Miller. He he did American Vampire yeah. with um Scott Snyder, The Excellent. Wake, which we actually yeah. talked about. Yeah. Uh, on this show, uh, Punk Rock Jesus, Tokyo Ghost, Joe the Barbarian, which I I think we might have talked about on this show as well. Tokyo um, Ghost. So yeah, he's done a bunch of stuff. Okay. I think Tokyo Ghost was good. Uh, it right. was Rick Remender back when we were reading more Rick Remender stuff. <laughs> but you, yeah, sir. for DC, the the biggest stuff is the the Batman White Knight stuff. So, yeah, I'm 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 in on it. Everything that I enjoyed as a kid is back again because we got Zorro, we got a new Planet of the Apes, we got new Godzilla. I mean. It's it, everything's coming up Millhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, that new Planet of the Apes uh, trailer looks hot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, does. at this point, I hadn't heard anything about the sequel. I was starting to wonder if there was even going to be another sequel. And then, boom, teaser trailer. Next day, full trailer. Yeah, that looks I great. Like, I like when he's holding that hawk. I guess eagle. That eagle on his uh-huh. arm. Oh my god, that's some good looking CGI. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm 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 all about the Planet of the Apes kingdom. Of the yeah, I am always excited for Planet of the Apes. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it very much, you know, it is done by a lot of the same creative team who did the the last few Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah. Um, just not the the same. You know, Matt Reeves has moved on to the Batman, but um, you know, it's other than that, it's it's a lot of the same creative team. So I'm I'm I didn't think that we needed another one. But we I'm, always need them. it looks <laughs> well, the last one seemed like it wrapped up things very nice and, nah. and tidy. No, there's money. Keep, there's money to be made. We have to keep going until they get far enough in the future to give us Taylor. That's right. That's right, Paul. That's what they got to do. It's important. <laughs> the I, I am super excited that Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Is that what it's called? Paul, did we lose you? Nope, I'm here. We, yeah. Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yeah. Is, uh, uh, I, Coming, yeah. I, I can't wait. I cannot wait. The new Apple uh, Plus series uh, with uh, friend of the podcast, Matt Fraction. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, he's in the writer's room. I or actually, I think he's leading the writer's room. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm super excited. I saw I didn't see a trailer. I saw a very short teaser and it looks gorgeous. Oh, I saw so, the trailer. So. So wait, let me get you caught up. Yeah. What is this show? Mine. So Monarch Legacy of Monsters is about the is very much tied into the Godzilla and Kong most recent batch of movies. Um, So, you know, Monarch was the, you know, is the like underground organization that researches those monsters. Um, So this is very much it's a prequel to a lot of what we see. It takes place between um, the Kong movies. Is it Skull 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 Island, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. It takes place between that and the Godzilla movie. The first Godzilla movie um, features John Goodman returning in his role from the Kong movie. Also features Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell, his son, playing the same character, just at different points in time. And it's kind of all about the mythology of that monarch um, organization in that universe. And it it features Godzilla. And the full trailer does show Godzilla. So you get some some kaiju action. But Wayne. Here's the sticking point. Here's where we're going to shiv you. It's on Apple Plus. <laughs> I, I had a feeling it was going to be the case. <laughs> I will not give them my money. I refuse. <laughs> I don't think I missed. What's Wayne's moral objection to Apple Plus? Apple. It's just Apple in general. Gotcha. I yeah. tell you what, I the, Apple's original programming is probably the best of all the streamers, in my opinion. There are shows that I know I want to see on there. I want to yeah. see Foundation. I want to see the rest of Mythic Quest. But I just will not give them my money. Don't well, forget uh, Ted Lasso. Well, Ted, I have no Ted Lasso <laughs> for all mankind. Uh, I mean, everything I've watched, I even even stuff that I I'm like, eh, it's not for me. I have been able to acknowledge the intensely high quality of uh, of their programming. I am super excited that I mean, it debuts this month, right? It's it's like yeah, November seventeenth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then also later this month, the fourth season of For All Mankind. I can't wait for For All Mankind is just brilliant television. Um, so many good things. So many well, good things. And on November 29th, which Wayne, you don't have to subscribe to Apple to watch it. Um, Godzilla minus one, the, the the new Japanese Godzilla movie 
is and, released in American IMAX theaters. I got to tell you, I feel like I've got to see that. Oh, yeah. In IMAX. I mean, see it like, in IMAX. Mm-hmm. I, want, I actually want to see it. I'd love to see it in a real dome, you know, like uh, at the at the Science Museum here in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, you know, beyond just, you know, one of the the regular cinema IMAXs. I want to see it, you know. In the any, idea yeah. on the, any idea on why that's the name? Why is it, it minus is one? Because it takes place in post-war Japan. Um, so it's like after World War II. Oh, so, period one? Yeah. I, 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 I will be in the theater. <laughs> I think Wayne just uh, got to his happy spot yeah, right there. Yeah, exactly. yeah I, I will definitely be going to the theaters for that one. <laughs> yeah, it, it looks pretty fantastic. Yeah, so, yeah, so, yeah, just uh, the, the brief that I saw of it looks really, really good. So November 29th, it starts in IMAX theaters. I think there is a fan showing or whatever on November 29th, but I think it actually starts on like the first. But Mm-mm-mm. yeah, I'm it, 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 it's a good month for us. Yeah, but uh, it's a bad month for Marvel, Aaron. It's a bad month for Marvel, guys. It's you know, bad year for, for Marvel. Bad year, bad few years, frankly. Um, you know, Variety published an article about how Marvel has really been struggling um, both in box office returns and behind the scenes creatively um, since Infinity War or Endgame. So, you know, they've this this variety variety article um, talks about how, um, you know, the Jonathan Majors allegations have really kind of messed up their plans for Kang. And not just those, but also the fact that Quantum Mania didn't really spark any interest in the character at the box office. I mean, it made almost half a billion dollars, but go on. I agree. I, yeah. I thought that yeah. was a that was kind of a weak point in that article because I was like, come on, that set uh, that set up Kang pretty darn well. Yeah, yeah. it made almost it do half well. a billion. Yeah, not only did it do well, but all of the feedback was that he was the star of the show. Correct. That yeah. he stole it. I mean, yes. Yeah. So I think it's honestly more his the fact that he potentially oh, yeah. is abusive. Um, Allegedly, I should say, is abuse right. that that that's causing some of the issue. And they talk yeah. about, you know, how Marvel is looking at or had looked at maybe pivoting to Doctor Doom, which seems like an obvious choice anyway, because Doctor Doom's always been a better character than Kang. Dude, but you set up Fantastic Four. Yeah. Well, I, I and I think that just the the entire Kang character from the comics sets you up for a perfect way to recast him. Right. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, Kang has been many people throughout the years. Yes. And so you could have him become a Mortis and be a completely different guy. And it's still within the mythology of your character. Now, granted, it's not a mythology we've seen in the MCU, but that's the brilliance of these movies. Yeah, um, or I would to- I would. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's been at least three people, no four because Kid Kang. Right. Yeah. Um, Crimson Dynamo. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the whole schmear. I there are Iron Lad. There are all kinds of what's that? (laughs) No, go on. Go on. I'm just going to say there there are all kinds of ways to recast it and not and not have to point out that it's a different guy, you know, playing the same character because the character changes. Um, I I, I think that I I wouldn't waste another moment on it before recasting. Yeah, Uh, agreed. And and and, you know, probably change my story quite a bit to lean into Dr. Doom. Cause I think Dr. Doom is a great character to bring in and it, it, you know, leads into your fantastic four stuff. What I, what I agree with about the variety article is that the current state of the Avengers is not particularly exciting. Now mm-hmm. saying that, yeah, uh, we don't have an Avengers movie. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, what is that? There is no yeah. current state. Well, I mean, you know, we, we talk about uh, it's all fan speculation, right, about, you know, who's going to comprise that new Avengers team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the it's the same thing in the comic books. The Avengers aren't the Avengers without Iron Man, Thor and Captain America, in my opinion, you know, and a West Coast Avengers just isn't ex- as exciting. And the oh, second- my God. <laughs> I, you know, it's just I, I think that it's the B, it will always be acknowledged as the B team. And I think that's a problem because, you know, unless they're going to bring perhaps Star Lord into the group, you know, bring in some of the other big guns, um, you know, you got Captain Marvel. So there, there's one for you. Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, I mean, you've you. They until they put out a roster 
it's kind of hard to say. I think the the imagined roster feels very B string. Well, that's that that that's yeah. my point is that you, yeah. they need to actually establish what the current state of the Avengers is because right now it's nothing. You know, ever since Endgame, there has been right. really no yeah, Avengers. You're absolutely right. So they need to come out in in like I said in press release whatnot, start talking about what the current state of the Avengers is going to be. Because I mean, if you put uh, Brie Lawson and you put Kamala Khan and uh, Tom Holland together. I think you have the beginnings of a, a decent Avenger squad uh, for the cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, also, I might have said that King was Red Dynamo. That's wrong. He was the Crim, uh, Scarlet Centurion. There My mistake. Go. Scarlet yeah. Centurion. Don't know uh, how I made that awful mistake. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, they need, just betrayals all around, Andrew. They need to pick <laughs> up the Avengers and do something with it instead of just letting it. They're making so much content, and well, yet well, they've done nothing with we've the Avengers. Got, We've got Falcon Cap. We've got War Machine. We assume that they're part of the team. Uh, we have all the p- players in place to do Young Avengers, and I want that to happen, but that's not a replacement. That's right. a something new that would be fun to see. But right now, they're missing the big tentpole. Yeah. You know, they've, they say there's Avengers movies coming, but those characters aren't characters that are going to bring people in. Well, and I'll tell you, so I'm their target audience, right? I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm a middle-aged comic book reader with disposable income. We all are. Um, yeah. uh, other than Shang-Chi and Spider-Man No Way Home, I cannot honestly say that I have enjoyed a single Marvel movie since Endgame. You didn't enjoy Multitude of Madness? Multiverse oh, Madness? Oh, no, I, I hated it. Oh, man. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed Guardians. Yeah, I... um. I enjoyed Guardians oh, 3. Sorry, yeah. Guardians. I forgot about Guardians. Guardians almost feels like its own thing. but It does yes, feel like no, its fairs. own thing. Because but, but they're off in space doing their own thing. I, yeah. think, but, I, mean, I think what's but, really hurt Marvel is the Jonathan Majors issue. Also on top of having lost their star in Black Panther. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah. And I mean, I think, I think that's where they're kind of at a loss is uh, you had so much charisma you know, in, in, uh, black Panther. And now you don't have that anymore. And, you know, I know, I know the sequel did really well, but it doesn't have the, um, the gravitas that the first one had. Um, also and I don't, a good movie. yeah, yeah. I mean, I hated that movie. You know, it's the, huh? remember it's the one I walked out of. Um, that's right. But, yeah, right. and then you've got all of their other major stars have moved on Except for you do still have Thor, but people aren't happy with what they're getting from the Thor movies. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I really enjoyed the third movie. I loved it. Yeah. 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 I don't get yeah. that. But, you know, I feel like they're they're going to have to lean into, uh, you know, going ahead and setting up that roster for the Avengers. And I, I saw where mm-hmm. there's speculation that they're going to bring back some of the original cast. And I don't think that's a bad idea because, mm-hmm. hey, comics – but I do think it would be a mistake to have them back for the next Avengers movie. I think that's something that happens in an Avengers movie, like at the end, like the big surprise is, hey, look, Tony Stark is still alive. The thing you know? is, is I, I am not a fan. I, we, we know it happens in the comics all the time. I'm uh-huh. not a fan of that idea because for the general populace who are not comic book readers who go and see these movies, it's going to cheapen everything that happened in the first 32 movies. I, I don't uh, disagree with you. I, I and, mean, I, I do feel like if you're going to do it, it's got to be I mean, I feel like there's got to be more distance. But, you know, uh, uh, Tony Stark not a young man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think you have to leave, leave the people dead who are dead uh, and move on. Otherwise people are going to be like, what's the point in going to see these movies when everything can just be undone in the next movie? Much, much as something we've just, said about know, comic people books. People have been reading yeah, comic yeah. books for 40 years. Yeah. Right. They, uh, <laughs> they could always make Tony Stark a young man again with a new there actor, but true. Now I'm about a clone the, clone. Yeah. Tony Stark. I think what they need to do is lean into the X-Men. You've I got agree. Fantastic Four and X-Men. Yes. Put together an Avengers team that is interesting, but they're not your tent, your flagpole anymore. Now you need to focus on the X-Men now that you've got them. Build up the Fantastic Four and make it actually work. Mm-hmm. And focus the cinematic universe around moving forward. Well, and the X-Men universe... Agree. Yeah, I say the X-Men universe, but it's part of the Marvel universe. But the X-Men universe could is just as big as the rest of the Marvel universe combined. Yeah, you've got as many characters that people love. 
and, and opportunity for solo movies, right? You have Wolverine. You know, obviously people would see Wolverine solo movies. You've got the Star Jammers, so you've got your space, you know, adventures. You basically have enough content just in that X-Men mm-hmm. to make an entire other, you know, 10-year plan. Right. Um, you know, well, think about those how, other characters. Think about how easy it would have been for them to start sprinkling some of these in. Star Jammers could have showed up in a Guardians movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Without well, tying them to X-Men yet. And I will say one of the rumors, un, unconfirmed, obviously, but... We'll be finding out probably within the next week or two, because I think that movie comes out very soon. The Marvels is that um, that we will be seeing some reference of or some character from the X-Men in the Marvels Ooh. movie. Um, mm. Yeah, that I, I don't want to spoil it, but there is. But it's pretty easy to find the rumor of who they're saying will pop up in the movie. I have not. I've not heard this rumor, but I do know from reading the comic book that Wolverine shows up in like the second or third issue of the uh, uh, Captain Mar- uh, Miss uh, Kamala Khan Marvel uh, comic book series. Well, and if you're if you're dealing with Carol Danvers, then Rogue is an obvious one mm-hmm. to bring her in as a villain first and then Redeemer. I will say nothing. <laughs> okay. I don't want to spoil. I don't want to spoil it for people who don't like spoilers. But um, you know, the, the, the rumor is out there as to who could be popping well, up in the post-credit scene. I do think right. a way to you know a way to water drip you know what's coming in the Marvel universe is to start having some of these characters show up. You know, so you yeah. know, Richards or the Human Torch or whoever showing up in your movie. Uh, you know, start water dripping that stuff to get people excited, just like they did in the original set of films. You know, I also think Shield needs to return. Um, yeah, agreed. You know, we we have lived longer without Shield than we have lived with Shield. You or know? maybe uh, what do they call it? Saber? Is that what the uh, space based version? Was oh, called? Sword. 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 Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, but you, you know, need I, some sort of giant governmental entity, you know, meddling uh-huh. in things. Well, you need your Nick Fury or somebody like a Nick Fury. You know, well, and I, I, I confess I did not finish watching Nick Fury's uh, series, but, yeah, you know, we you don't know, want I, old busted up Nick Fury, though. We want badass Nick Fury. That's right. Yeah. We want Hasselhoff Nick Fury. That's who we yeah. want. <laughs> yeah. I, we don't want a Nick Fury where all of the characters remind us how be, busted up he is That's and right. that he's not the same old Nick Fury. That's right. Yeah, I, I would think, really you know, like and, to see them. Oh, go ahead. Paul. No, uh, you go ahead. I'd really like to see them focus more on I think somewhat it's the dilution with between the streaming and the movies. And I think you and I been, were going to make the same point. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's been too much recently. And I really uh, hope they kind of focus down and, and focus more on quality over quantity for the next cycle. Yeah, I don't know if that's an Iger thing or a Feige thing. I lean towards it being a, uh, an Iger thing um, or maybe Chapek. I don't know. But the. The excess of product in both the Marvel and Star Wars universes have removed them being appointment movies and appointment television, right? They are just at this point, they're just another thing, right? It's kind of like a Marvel comic, right? Um, we don't even read all the Marvel event books anymore because there's an event every every quarter. Um, you've removed the fact that these used to be special movies, two, max three a year by diluting the product with these Disney plus shows despite the quality of some of them not all of them yeah you remember um, when disney plus came out we were excited to watch all of the shows and talking about them week to week now yeah. loki i watched the first two episodes of the season and even though i love those first two episodes i haven't watched the rest yet yeah, i didn't feel it was i didn't feel i needed to watch it right now i could wait till they all come out i haven't seen an episode of marvel television since the first episode of she hulk and I didn't see mm. the Marvels before that. Oh, she looks um, so bad. You know, it's just it's too much content and none of it feels, you know, the thing about watching that, that first the Infinity Saga was that every movie felt like it played into a larger storyline. Mm-hmm. But I think, right. you know, but I think one of these one of the things that's happening now is with so much content, they know not everything can feed a central storyline. Right. Most I mean, a lot of it does, but a lot of it doesn't. And so when you don't have things that feed the overall storyline in a in a in a movie type media thing, then that's just throwaway for me. Like, I don't need to watch that because I'm interested in the larger storyline. I don't need the side story that's going on in this other thing. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, I'm the target audience. And even I'm like, OK, I, I am. I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I am really concerned about the creative problems occurring around blade 
Uh, I was I was hoping that we oh, were yeah. going to get a Blade movie sooner rather than later. But, you know, it looks like they've fired their writers again. Um, it looks like Mahershala Ali may walk away from the project. Um, and uh, it looks like the film has been pushed back two years. Um, and so and that, that is you, that's an odd one to me, because I think Blade is easier to get right in a yeah. movie than he yeah. is in a comic book. I agree. I think it's but be- yeah, certainly better suited for film because uh, horror works so much better in that kind mm-hmm. of medium. Um, I think part of the problem may be in trying to attach Blade to the MCU, you know, making making a quote horror film feel part of the MCU, which is so bright, you know. Yeah. Um, and I. I, I I honestly think it's a mistake to make a Blade film that's not a rated R film. You know, uh, I think a PG-13 Blade film is probably not going to work as well. And I got to tell you, I love those Wesley Snipe movies. And yeah. I love the the uh, Sticky Fingers uh, uh, season of so Blade. Good. God, that was so good. good. That yeah. was so good. It was. I, I love that I, show. Mm, I mean, so I there's a lot of DVD. good – there is a lot of good blade out there to, as an example, but they're all very mature in their content. And I think that may be the problem that they're having and trying to squeeze it into the MCU model. So agreed. I am, I am concerned about all the reshoots that we're aware of that occurred for captain, the new captain Marvel or the Marvel's movie that's coming. Also the fact that the director apparently walked away during during production to start her next movie. Yeah. That is no disturbing news. Yeah. That was not good to read this morning. Yeah. Um, I, I, I really enjoy Brie Larson. I thought she was great as captain Marvel in the first film and in, uh, end game. Um, I am, I have some deep concerns about what this movie is going to going, how this movie is going to perform, uh, both you know, critically as well as financially. Uh, I do plan to see it in the theaters though. So. I will wait till I, till I hear some, some good news from you guys. Um, cause I, I, Paul, I, it's I, I great. Like you should go see it opening weekend. It's fantastic. <laughs> well, I saw I a sneak. It. I saw a preview of it. You should go see it, buddy. I will Miles wait till, keep coming. till someone's trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'll be honest. The only reason I'm interested in it is Kamala Khan's character. I think that the actress really lives that character when she's on the yep. screen. And I think played up against a, more of with a straight man against her, like, uh, you know, like Brie Larson's Captain Marvel as the more serious character, she can really steal the screen. And that's what I'm hoping happens. I like I'd like a big focus on her. Well, I have a question for Paul. So out of the three of yes. us, which of us do you consider? Are you going to be looking to hear how we what we think about the Marvels? Like which of us, which of our opinions are you going to take? Correct. <laughs> It, he uh, didn't say any of, of us are trustworthy. Yeah, probably none of you, frankly. I'll, I'll, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll read. I'll, I'll check the Rotten Tomatoes reviews. <laughs> Aaron, I'm sorry for this further betrayal of ah, you this I morning. Think, this is a rough day. Well, it's Aaron and I don't day, have the yeah. same taste in movies. It's not a trust thing. Uh huh. Isn't Aaron it? Aaron likes that fourth Thor yeah. movie. Yeah, I I haven't forgotten Spaceman, Paul. <laughs> it's it's unforgettable. Unforgivable. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wow. Wow. Well, in our last bit of TV and movie news, it was officially announced this week. It, it's funny to me that we're still getting movie and TV news considering literally nothing is filming right? yeah. um, <laughs> because of the actor strike. But, uh, you know, it, 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 the actor strike may be ending soon. So we may be able to see that cameras will start rolling on Superman and Lois's final season very soon. And, uh, I, you know, it's, it's funny. They officially announced it as the last season because I kind of felt like we already knew that. Maybe it wasn't yeah. official. Yeah, I think there the was, stink uh, was, in the, was in the air. Yeah, it was yeah. not a surprise at all. They had already come in and said it's one of their more expensive shows. So they were drastically cutting the budget. Most of this, the uh, actors on the show were moved down into guest star roles instead of starring. So they were pulling just about all of the supporting cast. And the show was already shaping up to be a shell of what it had been. So, no, I don't think anyone should be surprised that they've said this will be the last season. I don't know that with the budget cuts, they can do a satisfying season, but they're cutting it down to 10 episodes. So I guess that's how they're doing it and trying to make it satisfying. 
I I uh, have real concerns about how this last season is going to go because the first three seasons were fantastic, and you know hearing that they've you know cut the actors to guest stars versus series regulars is concerning. Um, you know they did wrap up a lot of storylines in the season three finale, so I'll give it that. But I just I don't understand how they're going to approach the storytelling yeah. for season four. But they've um, drastically cut the budget when their premiere needs to deal with Doomsday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I sure have enjoyed this this show. I Even the recasting of uh, their son uh, was so well done. Yeah, I, mean, I actually I, like new Jonathan better than old Jonathan. Same, same. I, I thought it worked. Uh, yeah, it just shows that if you've got a good actor – uh, working a good script that people aren't going to care about the recasting and Marvel should be paying attention to that. Um, I, I, I very much have enjoyed this show. It's one of those things that I look forward to. Um, I am, you know, really, really hate that we're losing it. Um, I do feel like, and I know Wayne and I disagree, but I think that there is a DC EU or I'm sorry, is it EU? Is that what they're calling it? Um, yeah. I think I think it is the DC extended universe under James Gunn that is driving some of it. Not all of it. We have certainly seen the blood in the water in terms of reducing the budget for the show. But I feel like there's a reason why Max isn't picking it up. Uh, and I also feel like the strikes have played a role in that and how um, the additional funds that the streamers are having to put out there uh, – has is raising subscriptions and it is causing a lot of streaming shows to get canceled uh, and a lot of shows that might have gone over to streaming not getting picked up yeah. uh, i think that's got a lot i think mean, i think all of those things have come into play here yeah i think the strike is a big part of it i think yeah. the diminishing returns on some of these streaming services now yeah. is a big part of it i don't i don't put any of it on to james gunn for this I think he's been very vocally supportive of the show and that it can exist alongside his stuff. But this show has had it rough from the get go, though, between mm-hmm. COVID. Yeah. For a while, they were only releasing like two episodes at a time. Right. Because yeah, of COVID. And, and they originally like planned to have it actually be part of the larger CW universe and have all it those shows crossovers. <laughs> yeah. And then they realized after it he wasn't in all those crossovers that they were better off just being a separate universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was a hard sell on Tyler Hoechlin as Superman. Uh, I, you know, I, I didn't think he had the build for it, but boy, he's great in that role. I, 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 he, he is not my Superman. He's not the guy that I think of when I close my eyes, but it is a very convincing portrayal. Uh, he has the, the character. Am I the guy you think of when you Close your eyes. Well, it, no. it used to be Andrew, but <laughs> no. not anymore. Andrew is sort of you know, General Zod, I think. But, uh, oh. <laughs> Zod. Yeah, I can wow. say having met him at a having met uh, Tyler at a Superman celebration in Metropolis, he comes off just like the character on TV. Mm-hmm. I mean, he is just he seems so earnest so nice he was one of those actors where you you never know what's going to happen when you go through these autograph signing lines are they going to be a quick sign and move on or are they going to spend time he spent time talking with every individual person and trying to you know ask them questions about themselves very personable and he just exudes that wholesome supermanness yeah, there's something very convincing about his portrayal. I I I really enjoy him, and I I did not care for Lois when she was on Supergirl, uh, but I love her in this show. I, I I'm just surprised at how taken I am with the show. Yeah, I think on Supergirl there was a lot they were doing wrong with the two characters, mm-hmm. including his costume. Yes, and <laughs> but when they moved over to Superman and Lois, they fixed all yeah, of that. They nailed it. They really did. They really did. But I'm going to miss it. I'm going to I'm going to watch these last 10 episodes uh, when they come out sometime in 2024, probably the summer. Yep. So anyway, well, uh, I, hey, are we going to finally talk about some comics? Well, we're talking about Superman. So let's talk about the big return of Superman anniversary special, because we are as old guys now 30 years 
from not just the death of Superman, but also his return. The 30th anniversary special of the return of Superman. It um, is uh, crazy to me that it's been 30 years. And, you know, it, it it is that 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 whole death and return of Superman was so unintentionally, I don't say iconic, but like trend setting. Right. I mean, every comic book death since then has basically modeled the same. Like, we're going to kill a character, bring him back a year and a half later, <laughs> um, you know, sometime and replace them a little bit, you know, in between. No one has quite replicated it just because Superman doing it was such like the first time it really became as prevalent as it did. Yeah, um, it was such an incredible story and it worked and it's responsible for such horrible stories afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but it is such a great story in and of itself, considering it was literally intended to just pass the time uh, to kill some time to align with the Lois and Clark TV show of, of the day. Right. Um, yeah, that they, they killed Superman rather than, getting him married at the time because they wanted to align with the same timing as the TV show. And I, it's just fascinating that 30 years later, we are celebrating with much of the same creative. Cre- oh my team. God. You know, Dan Jurgens on, uh, on the script and you have, you know, uh, Dan Jurgens also working art along with Brett breeding, John Bagdanov, uh, Denise, uh, Rodier, Rodier, Jerry Ordway, Tom Grummet, uh, Doug Hazelwood, I was blown away by seeing the 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 superstar talent that worked on this back in the 90s show back up for this book. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, like, how do you recapture that feel of the story? Uh-huh. And I think they did a wonderful job Same. of it. Having the basically one of the ways they told the story was Lois getting Perry White's notebook of his personal thoughts as these characters showed up. Yeah. And so we got the modern day story going on as well as these flashbacks to those first impressions of the character. Mm-hmm. We got Lois talking about her first impressions of the characters and it just brought such nostalgia for me. Yeah. It was a nice way back into the story here, you know, getting to to see it from Perry White's uh, point of view. And I, what I thought was interesting is that this story really puts reign of the Superman in current canon because in the current Superman books, Perry's in a coma. Well, Perry's in a coma here. Uh, Lois is running the, the daily planet. Lois is running the daily planet here. I mean, this is very much pull, you know, pulling, uh, uh, the, the storyline into, you know, post new yeah. 52 into, and you also see Perry with like an iPhone, during yeah. the time of Reign of Superman, right? So it definitely, like, it, it still has the 90s touches, right? Right. Um, but it does bring it forward with some more modern touches that, yeah. you know, place it, hey, maybe this happened five, five, ten years ago, you know, right. kind of thing. Yeah, no, I, I was really pleased uh, with the fact that I, you know, it's one of those things that you're like, I'm really worried that my favorite story is no longer in the timeline. And here it clearly is. And I mean, because I got to tell you, you know, the death of Superman, reign of the Superman, return of Superman, those are tentpole moments in my comic book reading experience. I those were those were those were events that were truly uh shifting and truly memorable and iconic. And I, I just I'm so thankful to see that DC has pulled it in. Yeah, uh, I remember hearing about the on the news. Right. Yeah, having the news stories talk about because I wasn't reading Superman at the time. Yeah. And then hearing news stories say they're going to kill Superman. It's like they can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I I, I just I, I loved all of these books. I mean, I read all of the steel books. I read all of the the uh, Superboy books. Uh, I just I, I loved all of this stuff. Yeah, my only complaint about uh, the, re- the the celebration uh, of the you know uh, reign of the Superman is we didn't get to spend near enough time with Eradicator. Uh, that's kind of my my only complaint here. I wanted more Eradicator. I always liked that character. Yeah, he He's was definitely guy. he was my He's, favorite of the characters as they showed up. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I think Superboy was my favorite at the time. Oh, Superboy but was I, definitely I, But I was mine. always a fan of, you know, because yeah. I, I love Tom Grummet art. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so Connor, 
Connors definitely still still hold a, a special place in my heart because they have done so much good by that character, but also so much yeah. bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, Eradicator uh, yeah, just had the coolest design out of all of them for me. Yeah. I loved his costume. I loved the the visor. Mm-hmm. Well, he also had that '90s sort of Kryptonian Punisher energy going on. Yeah, um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of dug that. Um, but I loved all of them. I, you know, I, yeah. you know, uh, it's a great book. If you are, yeah. if you are someone who remembers that Death and Return of Superman storyline, it is not. This book isn't going to change your world. It's not going to change modern continuity very much. But it is very much um, a love letter to that storyline, and and yeah. you know, get gets the feel right. Yeah, very enjoyable book. I I I got I got a big kick out of it. Well, and from, from Superboy to Spider Boy, <laughs> now we've got the new Dan Slot Paco Medina Spider Boy book that came out. And and Wayne, you didn't pick this up despite the fact that you're reading the Dan Slot Spider Man book. Yeah, no, I've seen the character in the book, and it just it didn't catch me. I am kind of tired of this. Uh, the character always existed, but we just forgot about him. It was really cool when we first got it with Sentry, but I didn't need to see it again. And he's really an obnoxious little kid, as we can see in the other stories. Obnoxious at all. (laughs) Spider Man's a fun kind of obnoxious. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What I found interesting, and I'm sorry, Aaron, I'll let you go here in a second, is that the storyline is almost the exact same storyline as Stargirl, The Lost Children. From DC Comics, and I know you didn't read that, Aaron, but I know you did, Wayne. Yeah. That Stargirl, you know, comes across these sidekick characters who have been erased from continuity that no one remembers, um, you know, and they're on an island being, you know, basically, I don't want to say tortured, but being in, in cap, you know, they're they're captured by a character very similar to Madame Montro- Monstrosity in this, and I'm like, wow, this book is awfully similar to that star girl book by jeff johns um and not in a bad way i just found you know the the way that comics kind of run parallel sometimes and you see the same ideas happen at the same times in different universes is is interesting to me but aaron what'd you think of spider boy so i haven't read a spider-man book in forever uh mm-hmm. i i uh i mean honestly it's been years since i've read a uh a uh, new release yeah, spider-man anything. book but I got a big kick out of this book. Um, I think Dan Slott's in his lane when he's writing Spider-Man or in this case, Spider-Boy. I enjoyed, you know, I I understand that Spider-Boy has been present in other Spider-Man books, but characters brand new to me. Um, Got a kick about his origin. Um, It's fun. Uh, I I got a kick about, uh, you know, him him uh, trying to, you know, him fighting the bowling alley super villain Gutterball, and I, I'm like, <laughs> isn't isn't Pinhead a better name? You know, couldn't you couldn't you have had a pin for a head and be Pinhead? Uh, oh. But yeah, <laughs> but I got a kick out of all the puns. It's a fun book. Um, it is. I also I such an interesting place to have this character be homeless. Um, and yeah. live in a shelter uh, and have friends in the shelter. I mean, I, I thought that was interesting. I loved, loved the digs at him being a ginger uh, and was really hoping that Wayne could read this and, and take some of those hits, too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I thought this book was a lot of fun. I, I, I was initially irritated that – you know, you get midway through the book and that's the end of the main story. And then it kicks it into a backup story also about spider boy. And, and, but then I got again, completely amused at the fact that, uh, the super villain was manipulating the, uh, balloons at the Thanksgiving day parade. Mm-hmm. And I, I, again, and there's a squirrel girl team up. So, I mean, completely appropriate for spider boy to have a team up, uh, with squirrel girl in particular, um, I dug it. I, I think this book's funny. Yeah. I, and I, 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 did. I, I thought it was cute. It's it's funny. Yeah. It's got good humor. Um, you know, it's got nice art, nice, mm-hmm. you know, kind of, you know, Paco Medina, very much kind of like a mag Mark Bagley vibe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I genuinely enjoyed this book. Uh, it, it is, it's, you know, kind of, and I hate to use this term cause I just use it, but it's like, it's not going to change your world, mm-hmm. but it, it's, 
definitely got a fun, you know, old school Spider-Man, you know, teenage Spider-Man kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Well, and it, it, it kind of reminds me of the best in class sort of uh, comic books that are written for kids, but aren't only written for kids. Yeah. Um, this is a book that I would be very comfortable handing an eight year old. Right. Yeah. But that I enjoy myself. Whereas mm-hmm. most of the stuff that's written in that age range is stuff I can't stand. And this is the kind of stuff that I really responded to when I was a little kid reading comic books for the first time. I think it's a fun book. And I, and I think that it is all audience friendly. And when I when I say that, I mean all audiences. I think anybody yeah. can read this book and enjoy it. I And I am particularly excited, Paul. I mean, I, I just really smiled when I saw that the preview uh, – for the next issue seems to indicate that Taskmaster is involved. Yeah. And Captain and America. Ta- and I love ta- oh, who cares about Captain America Taskmaster, <laughs> Paul. <laughs> that makes me want to go back and reread that Taskmaster miniseries. I, I know what that, that, that was the such good a good one, series. not the other one. Right. The one yeah. by uh, uh, Judd something. Um, yeah. Yeah. Jeb, Jeb something. Jeb. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm good. I'm, I'm excellent at this job. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, also from Marvel Comics this week, another number one, Ultimate Universe number one uh, came out from to- uh, Jonathan Hickman and Stefano Caselli. Um, you know, again, another team that worked together on the Secret Invade, not Secret Invasion. What was the Secret Invaders, maybe? I don't know. They, the, the one that introduced uh, Quake, that, that character that we liked um, way back when. But you know, this continues Jonathan Hickman setting up the new Ultimate Universe. Uh, and I got to say, I I really don't know where this is going. And I and I mean that in the best possible way, because, you know, they're setting up this this new Ultimate Universe. Secret Warriors was the name of that comic, by the way. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. They're, they're, yeah. Stefano Caselli was the artist on that or one of the artists on that. But they're setting up this Ultimate Universe. And I'm like, I don't know where this is going. And I love that it's about bonkers. it. It's yeah. Yeah. It's like, they, I, they keep surprising me. Yeah. Like, well, you know, and I'm like, okay, so the ultimate, un- so, the, you know, they're setting up this ultimate, in my mind, they were setting up this ultimate universe where the maker is trapped for a certain number of years. And that's the kind of ongoing storyline that they're basically counting down to the maker coming out and the universe being set up in that time. And then this book ends in such a way I'm like, wait, are they still in the universe? Like, what, what is actually yeah. happening? Um, it, so, like you said, so bonkers in what they're the storyline that they're telling. But I love that about it, that I don't know where it's going. Well, and I love that, you know, we were asking the question last week, you know, if how do you have an ultimate Spider-Man book with Peter Parker and Mary Jane when we saw in the the uh, debut series that the maker had aborted the origin of Spider-Man? Right. Well, in this book. We come across the radioactive spider and, you know, the, I, so the the team with Iron Lad um, are going to have to recreate these origin stories. And I'm super interested in that. I mean, yeah. I, yeah. all this time, I thought it was going to be a reset it back in time. Yeah. Now yeah. I'm thinking the that Peter Parker just grew up, got married to Mary Jane. They had kids. And then he got powers. Yeah, I think that's exactly yeah. what happened. I, I think he's a, he's a full grown man now, and uh, we'll we'll get his powers late. I'm excited about this. This, I mean, I love not knowing what the hell's going on. Yeah, I don't know that it is necessarily the same intent as uh-huh. they had with the original Ultimate Universe, which the original Ultimate Universe was like bring the characters down to their core concepts, change their origins for the modern audience, right. and just introduce a, a whole new level. Of, of comic book reader and it worked excellently to do that mm-hmm. i don't feel like this ultimate universe is doing that i feel like it's um no this one has a lot have of baggage. To come in, yeah it mm-hmm. comes in with that baggage and it, you know but it plays with that and i think that's yeah. the, the, the you, if you were a new reader you wouldn't get the same joy out of reading it that we are agreed um agreed but i i'm, I'm psyched yeah the next three books are spider-man in January, also written by Jonathan Hickman. Stefano Caselli is the artist on The Ultimate Black Panther in February. And they show a preview for a book that I'm really concerned about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Ultimate X-Men by Peach Bamoko. I, uh, I, I that, don't know what the hell. The way they were telling that story with that art. It, yeah, was not interested. I was, I, no. was, I was like, ugh. 
Yeah. You know how you were saying some of the all ages books are really just for little kids? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's what I got out of the way they were telling that story, though not what was happening in I, it. I will be very blunt about my perspective on those pages was garbage. Yeah. I was like, well, this is just garbage. I mean, it's one of those things that you just want to tear out of your comic because it's fucking up the rest of your comic. And maybe uh, if we got more of it, but the two pages they presented were, were I mean, garbage. You don't get any. They're garbage. You don't get any yeah. story. You don't get any anything yeah. other than hmm, this isn't for me. Yeah. If that's the art for the full issue, I'm not getting it. Well, and who would? I mean, it's just. Uh, ugh, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things about the story that I thought was interesting, they seem to be building up to the idea of Captain America is the unspoiled one. He hasn't been impacted yeah. by this new world. Mm-hmm. So he, they were going to base everything around him. And then they changed the story drastically. Yeah. And it seems like they're all going underground. I love this take on Thor. I love yeah, that, you know, Thor has been a prisoner in Asgard because he got set up for apparently murdering Odin. Um, and Sif has been his jailkeeper. And Thor has sat in his cell. And, you know, it, it's made pretty clear he could have gotten out if he wanted to. Uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, he decided to take his punishment and sit there and stew in, in prison um, I I love how he's not happy-go-lucky, optimistic, you know, glasses half full Thor. He is very dark, uh, and I, I think that's a really interesting take on this guy. And I like yeah. how he connects to Captain America. You know, he's standing in front of Captain America in his ice prison, and, you know, he immediately connects with Captain America and, and swears, you know, if, if it looks like things aren't going to go well for you, if you're not going to, you know, come out of your uh, out of your ice coma, well, don't worry, I'm going to take you out. I mean, you know, Captain America didn't go into the ice with a living will, but uh, Thor is, is willing to uh, apply one to him. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, I love all the interpretations of the characters. Iron yeah. Man, Dr. Know, Doom. Yeah. Dr. Doom. Oh, yeah. This version of Dr. Doom, which is Reed Richards. Right. I I just love it. He's somebody that you, you ask the question, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? And the answer is yes. he's beyond such petty little <laughs> things like good guy or bad guy. Yeah, it's so it's so well done. And I'm it, like, because I don't know where it's going, I cannot wait for what's next in yeah. this book. And I don't know, you know, given that the next one's Spider-Man, I don't know that we're going to get specific answers on where this cliffhanger left sure. off yeah. for a little bit, you know, yeah. but yeah. It, it, I'm excited for this universe and I'm definitely picking up the next few books. It was yeah. one of those things that the original ultimate universe Spider-Man. allowed you to <laughs> do. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the things the original ultimate universe let them do it. You didn't basically anything could happen. Characters weren't safe just because they were around in the regular universe. And they're pretty much giving us that feeling here too. Yep. Hey, Paul. Yes, sir. What's coming out next week? Well, since we're talking about Marvel Comics, let's talk about a couple of big books from Marvel next week. We have The New Punisher, issue one of four, coming out next week, featuring, you know, it's not Frank Castle, but there's a new vigilante bearing the mark of The Punisher um, starting next week. I'm looking forward to, to checking that one out. We also have a new Thanos book, Thanos number one, Return of the Mad Titan, written by Christopher Cantwell. So I'm I'm kind of curious about that one as well. We have if you're still on your Jonathan Hickman kick, we get the second issue of Gods. Um, Ooh, we really loved the first yeah. issue, so I'm looking Good forward point. to the second one. Yeah. Um, we also have um, legendary writer Marv Wolfman um, writing a What If uh, Tomb of Dracula. Book. Ooh, What If the Legendary Dracula Transformed Blade the Vampire Slayer into a Vampire. Um, and it's written by by Marv Wolfman, art by uh, Giuseppe Camuncoli and David Cutler. Ooh, I'm on board team. for that because Same. the the what if books this phase, these dark what if books, yeah. some of them have actually been good. And it felt like a return to form for what if to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Excited. and for for Wayne and I, Transformers number two from Image Comics and Skybound. So looking forward to that. We talked about the first issue on our last episode of Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. Very good. Well, hey, guys, we want to know what you thought about this week's books, uh, what you think about Andrew's betrayal 
Yeah, I said uh-huh. it. Yeah, you uh, did. You said it. <laughs> Give us a shout at ideologyofmadness at gmail.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. And you can hit us up on social media, IOMGeek on Facebook, Instagram, and X. Let us, know if you're, let us know if you're Team Suzanne or Team Aaron. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that. Neil Dalton, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I know Sardell. He's uh he's he's Team Aaron. I know that. Well, we'll, we'll see. We'll see this week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye guys. Bye. Bye. Podcast theme music graciously provided by Mark Andrew Pope. For more information, visit markandrewpope.com. Funny Books with Aaron and Polly is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. No Spider-Man clones were harmed in the production of this podcast. <laughs>